Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this, what the fuckers. Hi, it's Mark Marin. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. Yes, I'm a little congested. Yes, again. Yes, I did get another cold. Yes. I don't know why. I'm not going to go too deep into it. Uh, I'm not going to think that my immune system is shit or that um, uh, that I, I'm like somehow compromised or that I think it's just that I was with a bunch of kids and traveling a lot or maybe under a lot of stress I don't know about. And there's some I do know about, but I got another cold and I'm getting rid of it. But I'm sorry if the nasal sound of my voice irritates you. Thanks for listening. Uh, what the fuckers? I'm glad you're all here. I'm glad you're all present because this is a dicey show. This is a show that I didn't think I would do, but I had an opportunity and I did it. And I'm going to try and frame it somehow so we can all enjoy it, uh, learn something from it, or or perhaps uh, have a big what the fuck moment. I'm starting to find that as I do this show, it's not all about the philosophy of what the fuck or who the fuck or when the fuck or why the fuck or where the fuck or what the fuck. It really, sometimes you listen to this show and I find that some people are saying, what the fuck? Seriously, what the fuck is going on on this show? I understand that. It's going to happen more. First, let me tell you what's happening today. I got an opportunity through a friend uh, to interview somebody that I didn't think I would interview or that I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think it would happen. I didn't know how it would handle it, but I did it. Dana D'Armond is here on this show. She is nominated for the... Uh, uh, adult video performer of the year. She is a porn star, big time. She uh, has an internet website. Uh, she is the internet's girlfriend.com. And I'd never seen her work, but I got an opportunity through a mutual friend, I guess. Someone gave me some access to her. So I said, I don't usually interview porn stars. I never have. I've been on shows where porn stars are interviewed. I'm not always comfortable. Why is that? I don't know. But uh, I would like to, uh, I'll, I'll give it a try. And and so she's on the show today. Now, let me try to give a little background. And, and I'm saying this as a preface to that it's going to get a little filthy, a little filthier than usual, uh, because we are talking about filth. Um, if you listen to this with your kids, this might not be the best episode to listen to them uh, with them. If you are a uh, teenager and you're listening to this, I, I, you know, it, it says explicit right there on the iTunes menu. If you're going to do it, do it. Uh, but don't tell your parents. Is that, is that going to get me into trouble? It says explicit. I'm not condoning anything. Don't do it. How's that? Okay. Look, here's my thing with porn. I know the cultural repercussions of porn. I'm an educated person. Uh, you know, I'm a lefty uh, on some level, uh, on a big level. I know that, uh, you know, it, it objectifies women. I know the feminist arguments against porn. I know that on some level it is a cultural malignancy because of its availability, the, how easy it is to access it. I've talked before about how I was happy when I was younger. It was very difficult to find. You had to have that, you know, know that one kid with the older brother or some parent's stash, or you had to find a page or two somewhere, and then you'd go back to where you found it to see if the rest showed up. But porn had a major impact on my brain, and I watch porn occasionally. 
I'm not that proud of it. I use it. I don't download it, but it, it, I, I watch porn. Uh, it, but, but I, I do, I must have some shame because I'm sitting here basically giving you all some sort of disclaimer for reasons I don't understand. I, I think that in my brain, I, I, I have a certain reverence for porn stars from, from when I was very young. One of the first times I ever saw sex or had any experience with sex was through porn. It's just the truth of it. And I, I'll be open. I, I mean, I know many of you masturbate. Uh, I know that I do. I remember the first time it happened, and I thought it was spectacular. It was in the bathtub. It was by accident. It involved running water. And when when whatever happened, happened, I was like, this is something that I have to integrate into my life as often and as much as possible. That's just, that was my revelation. The first time I saw sex depicted anywhere was in a comic book. Uh, it was a uh, illustrated history of adult comics. It was a large illustration that I saw some R. Crumb and some Spain, uh, images, some uh, graphic, uh, art that, uh, showed me where things went and how they went. And I wasn't sure, you know, how to do it, but uh, I knew what needed to be done. I then saw some illustrated Joy of Sex book, uh, when I was probably 10 or 11. And that had tremendous impact on me, but really the biggest impact porn had on my head and I don't believe I've told this story on this show so I will tell it to you now um when I was 14 15 years old in Albuquerque New Mexico you know we got our driver's license in that state at 14 and nine months you got a learner's permit at 15 you got a full-on state driver's license in Albuquerque New Mexico which means between the ages of 15 and 16 you got a fake ID it was easier to make them then uh how it happened with us me and my friends, we went to a party once, and there was a guy that used to come to the party. He had a large cutout. Uh, he had a, a big board that was basically an, a, a, a huge New Mexico State driver's license. And there was a, one of the corners was cut out of the big board that you held in front of you, and you stuck your head in the corner because that was where your picture would be. So he took, he figured out how far away he had to stand with a Polaroid camera, snapped the Polaroid, and gave it to you for 15 bucks, and you trimmed around it. So you, you cut around the edges and you, you know, since you were sticking your head there, it looks like the picture, the proportion was right and you got it laminated and that was your fake ID. The only problem with this particular method was that you could not change the name. So me and three of my friends were all Tom Bynes. We were all Tom Bynes. We, uh, were born on the same day and the same color eyes, same address, same social security number or driver's license number. So we were just a little band of Tom Bynes's. We never called ourselves the Tom Bineses, but it would have been a good band name. So me and my buddies, the other Tom Bineses, we would uh, often go to uh, nightclubs. And how they didn't know, or I'm sure they did, that what we, they were dealing with was three or four 15-year-olds. But that was a different time then. People did that. People let 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds into bars if they were all Tom Bynes. But we we didn't intersperse ourselves in between people. You know, one guy would go in, then we'd wait for a few people to go in, then they'd send the other Tom Bynes, and then, you know, wait for a few people, then dispatch the, uh, the last Tom Bynes to go in. But one night, the Tom Bineses, me being one of them, went to the Pyramid Theater on Central Boulevard in Albuquerque, New Mexico. This was back, so I was 15, so it must have been 63, 73... 77, 78, before Betamax, really, before video, before internet, certainly, back when if you wanted to see an adult movie, you had to go to a creepy adult theater. You either had to go to a booth palace or you had to go to a theater. Now, there was a pyramid theater in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
So me and the other Tom Bynes has decided we're going to get drunk and we're going to go to the Pyramid Theater, an adult theater. Adult theaters are disgusting places. They're disgusting because if it wasn't a booth situation, it was basically a small theater where people would, I guess, you know, sit there and jerk off in public. So we went in not really knowing what to expect. So we go in, we sit, we're drunk, we're we're talking, we're a bunch of guys. We we just want to see a dirty movie. And next to us, I remember there was an elderly couple sitting in the next row. And I remember my friend Bob, Tom Bynes number two, turns to me and goes, oh my God, my grandparents are here, which I thought was hilarious. And there was another guy all arched up in his chair a few rows down. It was disgusting. The floor was sticky. You walk into the place, there was beaded curtains and there was a room to the side and for some reason, it just said nude body painting, which I guess was the same as a massage now is full release body painting. Getting back to how porn impacted my life. So we sit there and the movie starts. And this is what I remember from the movie. It started with a guy on a bus going somewhere. He gets somewhere. There is some cult in the town or something. There's, there's something weird. He meets a weird group of hippie-ish type people. He ends up with a woman in bed, and this is what I remember. Uh, she was naked on the bed, tattooed on her stomach. And this is before tats. This is before the tattoo craze. This is before everybody had tattoos. So it was fucking bizarre. On her stomach, she had the tattoo of a devil's head. A full devil's head on her stomach, and the mouth and beard of the devil were her vagina. Daunting. Especially to somebody who'd never seen a vagina in action, let alone, uh, you know, a, a full naked person like that in, in that way. The guy starts having sex with her and she just starts saying, fuck me, fuck the devil, fuck me, fuck the devil. So this is my first experience of how sex works. That's what's in my 15 year old brain before I had had sex. And that's what I thought sex was. Now, I, it's arguable, you know, whether or not there, there are, I have met some, vaginas that are certainly attached to the devil somehow but and that's not sexist just personal experience but it sort of fucked my head up and it blew my mind and i remember later in that movie you know it ends with uh, a bunch of people in robes holding candles around a naked woman on some sort of um altar on all fours with a candle stuck in her ass that's lit and they're all saying all oh, hail uranus all hell, Uranus. So that was my experience with porn. And, and then like later with, uh, my parents had a couple who were friends and they, this was in Betamax time. And somehow or another, you know, the, the family friends that their kid got, got me the video and we had a copy of Deep Throat and a copy of, uh, the opening of Misty Beethoven. But it had a profound effect on my brain. It rewired my, my sense of sexuality. It rewired it, you know, it, it's taken a long time to adjust it. So porn has had an effect on my life, and I was always fairly amazed with porn stars. And I always thought that that's how you had sex. That was the way people had sex, was like porn movies. So this is all leading up to the fact that I've never talked to a, a porn star for any amount of time. Uh, we all have our own judgments of uh, porn actors, but mostly porn actresses. Like, well, they've got to be damaged, they've got to be crazy, they've got to be whores, they've got to be this, they've got to be that. And I'm finding that as I meet more people in that industry and I meet people in general that on some level a job's a job and sex is not that coded. I think the big threat is more than the moral judgment is that if if sex can be that way, where does that leave intimacy? Where does that leave um, 
love where it is at you know how did how do we deal with that not only that but obviously some people have porn problems porn addictions but that's the way the business goes but for the most part these people work in an industry a lot of them are damaged some of them aren't some of them have have made uh, some sort of compromises in their life obviously but they it is what it is and it's big business and it's all over the place so whatever your moral judgments are you can have them uh whatever you you know you think of porn whether you engage with it or not or whether you don't let on that you do or whether you're hiding it, whatever, whatever you may think of it. Uh, we're now going to have a conversation with Dana D'Armond and take it for what it is. After my discussion with Dana, I'm going to be meeting with my therapist. Well, he's my friend, but he's also a therapist and he deals exclusively with family therapy and he deals a lot with sex addiction. So I thought that would be a nice way to put the, the tag on this particular episode of WTF. His name is Steve Danziger. And uh, I do want to say again, this is explicit. Uh, if you're an adult that does not want to listen to this, don't. If you're a kid, don't. And if you get caught doing it, don't blame me. I think that Heinrich is bulimic. And you're a cat? He's fat, yeah. Does because he throw up? Yeah, he like, he'll eat really fast. And then I think he's ashamed and he throws up. Yeah, I think that's what my cat too. <laughs> was your cat wild? No, he's a um, he's hairless. I think I just called him fat too many times, and I gave him a complex because <sighs> you can really see the titties on a hairless cat. You're you're a horrible mommy. You're a I bad know. cat mommy. I'm an asshole. You gave your cat body image issues. It takes after his mother. Do you have body image issues? <laughs> oh, let me introduce you properly. <laughs> my guest is Dana Diarmond. Is that how you say it? Yes, I got it right. Thank you. Uh, she is the uh, proprietor. And, uh, and queen of the internetsgirlfriend.com, a very popular, now I don't want to, I don't want to use any of the wrong phraseology for the, your biz. It is a, how would you call it? Do you just call it a porn site or do you call it an adult video site or do you call it like my? Well, the internetsgirlfriend.com is, it's not actually like, a porn site because I don't actually, it's, it's pretty safe for work actually. Oh, so it's okay it's to do it. It's mostly a blog. Office? It yeah. has some adult links on it, but they're, they're pretty tame. Yeah. But it's mostly a blog. And so I have a bunch of like my recent news and I have little video clips and tame video clips and stuff. Tame video mm-hmm. clips. I give advice to my fans. You do? Yeah. Well, maybe we should tell people because I'm sure a lot of my listeners might not know exactly who you are because I'm <laughs> not saying that they are not. Uh, there's porn. gotta be like a crossover somehow. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure there's a big crossover, but I get the feeling that a lot of dudes or women won't admit the crossover. I think that there's yeah, a lot of people true. that are, are are closet porn indulgers that don't uh, that don't uh, are not proud of it necessarily. But you, Dana, mm-hmm. are this is your year. Award wise, it kind of is. I mean, this is it's fucking huge, man. Oh. So, the AVN Awards best three way sex scene for Seaman Sippers Seven. I'm sorry, I have to do best it. Best title ever, awesome. especially because like I kind of have a, have a lisp, and so when I say it, it's like Seaman Sippers Seven. It's a lot cuter when you say <laughs> Seaman Sipper. I don't even have my retainer in right now. Well, you have brace. Uh, you, had, you had braces on top. Yeah. Did you do movies with full braces? Yeah, I actually got an award for the best anal scene. Uh, <laughs> It was my first scene I did with my braces on, and I think it just, it really just 
And why really w- wild people? Maybe was it because the guy was like, "I don't want my dick in there. There's braces. You're gonna hurt me." <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, people are not afraid of my braces. It's got to add a certain amount of charm for those people who fantasize with braces. I think I think so. I liked it. My agent was really pissed at me for getting them. <laughs> yeah. Really? And I had to explain to him, Mark. Um. My teeth will fall out if I don't get braces. So would you rather me have braces for six months to a year or have no teeth? But, yeah, like, it's it. your choice. <laughs> like, if you really want to choose that for me. Yeah, if you wanted to think about the two porn markets that we yeah. could go into, which is braces temporarily. Or, or toothless whore. Or toothless whore with dentures. The old, like, oh, grandma's going to pull her teeth out. I, I'm a little young to do granny porn. Well, I know, know, but I'm, I was looking in the long In the future. Haul. Yeah. I mean, and you also uh, are up for the AVN for most outrageous, outrageous sex scenes from Squirt Gang Bang 4. Yeah. Can you say that one with your list? Squirt Gang Bang 4. Thank you. Uh, best all-girl group sex scene from the same movie. Yeah. And then the big one, uh, female performer of the fucking year. I know. That's awesome. It's so incredible. Like, it's it's crazy. It's bonkers. Because, is it bonkers because most people don't like you? Because you kind of run your own shop, right? Yeah. I mean, for the most part. Yeah, I do everything myself, you know? I just, I promote myself and I do my own webbing and networking and you know i just in terms of movies though do you do yeah. are you self-produced do you work with somebody specifically or do i you... i'm a free agent so i work with everybody uh-huh. i work with whoever wants me yeah so that's good and um but i you know when i work i'm like uh maybe you should put me in an all-girl gangbang movie <laughs> um that'd be a good idea right thanks <laughs> So you got to ask for what you want. They might not. Well, you know, I try to like plant a seed of, you know, as opposed to let them decide. Yeah. Just okay. Try to. Oh, you know what I would really be into is doing like an all interracial gangbang. Like, is if that's are you are you guys shooting that right now? Because that'd be cool. What a coincidence! Because I'm open to doing that. So, are you open to do most anything? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are like? Where I do mean, you draw the line? The line, um... Were you like, you know what? Nah, I don't think so. I don't know. The line the, the line moves up and down depending on how much money is involved, I think. Right. <laughs> the, I mean, honestly. I mean, completely honestly. Now, we were talking... I'm really show, like, showing my cards here. This yeah. is like the real behind the scenes of the so porn So you're saying business. if the money is right, you'll probably do it. Yeah, but it's, it's not because I'm... Desperate for money or right, whatever. But no, we're talking about. Good I'm actually money. responsible, and I save my money, and I like paid off my Prius and stuff like that. But I like that you drive a Prius. I know, me too. I drive it because of Larry David. Do you? Yeah. Love you Larry. love Larry David. LD. Yeah, I love him. Are you a big comedy fan? Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like comedy? Weirdos. Mm, so we're talking inside about that weird crossover of because uh, like I started following you on Twitter. And though mm, some yeah. of them are, are kind of sex related, you're just a, a person on Twitter. You also have a huge MySpace presence, which I guess is where you Ooh, culled yeah. most of your internet following, right? Yeah. I, I, when I started doing adult stuff, I just started accepting everybody who sent me a friend request because I was like, I'm going to have to need to, you know, inform these people about the important work that I'm doing with, with the penises <laughs> for, and the vaginas. For the world. I'm, yes. I'm, My I'm, important charitable <laughs> efforts. <laughs> concerning vaginas and See, boobies. <laughs> what I was like, you said in in the house that you had moments where you forget that you're this like amazingly <laughs> large porn presence, and you're just yeah. and that and guys must walk up to you at malls and stuff like just like oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> I what? get that sometimes. You do right, but not very much because people are mostly embarrassed because they they either don't want to admit that they 
have a MySpace account. <laughs> right. Or that they've watched because your movies. now it's become like something somewhat embarrassing, I guess. Because... That's hilarious. Like, I've been that guy. Like, I, I watch porn, but I don't watch, uh, I, I'm not, I don't buy it. I don't, uh, I don't download large chunks. I just use mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't, I don't know why I don't, but I did have a thing for a porn star at one point in time and I can't even remember her name. Oh, but it was a while back and I saw her in the smoking section over at the Dallas, I can't remember, it was like Dallas airport and she walked in and I had that moment where I'm like, I got to say something. Right. I mean, I really know at least her in that way because you, you, you feel close somehow. And uh, I ended up just being a fucking dorky fan guy. But that's such a gamble, too, though, because if you're like, you're walking up to somebody and you call them by their stage name and they're not into it, they could just be like, no, my name's Lisa or whatever. And or like, fuck you. Yeah. But I, it's my belief that if you're a grown up and you accept that, you know, you do this job and you're good at the job and you don't have a problem with it, you may even like it, then who the fuck is the judge? Exactly. I try not to judge other people because I'm kind of like low on the totem pole as far as judgments go. <laughs> you know? So. Like, what really disgusts you? But, uh, yeah. Fur. Fur. Okay. That's my, my recent, like, thing that I've, that's become, like, more and more, it pops out to me as more and more of a disgusting thing. Do you it's eat like, meat? Um, I, d- I do, but, you know. But you don't eat fur. I, I don't, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't wear fur products. Well, I was in a location yesterday and they had a lot of like tchotchkes that were yeah. obviously, you know, made of real animal fur, which, you know, people want, would like to think that, uh, oh, it's only a rabbit, which is disgusting anyway, too. But it's, you know, the Chinese fur trade, it has a lot of, they use they a lot of care. actual dog yeah. and cat fur. And oh, stuff no. Like that. Yeah. So like little keychain y kind of things? Yeah. And- well, it was actually. <laughs> A cat. It was like a fake cat. It's supposed yeah. to look like a little sleeping kitten. Yeah. But it's actually made of the fur of a real dead cat. They don't care about is, cats, sir. Yeah, they don't. Have you been there? No. I've been there once. Really? And yeah, you go Ooh. to these markets, and uh, it, was, it was like being on Mars, really. And you go to these markets, and they have like just cages full of pigeons and cats. And I'm like, what are they using those for? I mean, you know, is whatever. that for, Yeah, I don't like to think about it. So, okay, so what... But you know what? It's like really funny because I say something about these people, these products that mm-hmm. come out of the Chinese fur trade that are obviously made out of real cats and they're probably bred in really disgusting, horrible ways and just, you know, slaughtered and skinned alive or whatever. Yeah. And then somebody on Twitter goes, oh, a porn star with ethics. That's really rich. That's really funny. That's fucked up. And it was like, oh yeah, I'm completely unethical. I have no values or morals because I have sex for a living. Yeah, it was like having sex is pretty fucking normal. Skinning a cat alive to use to make a fake cat out of is normal. demented. Yeah, th- totally fucking demented. Well, I think that's what most of the judgment comes around is that uh, you know people cannot handle uh, any sort of of you know open expression of sex. I think that's still really stigmatized for some it's people. Weird. Like it's it should be insulated and special to some people, and usually those are the people that I mean, say that to their it wives. Is. It's special. Yeah. Sure, it's special. But doesn't have to mean anything. Right. <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, I think that's where the, where the, not, the problem so starts. I think that a lot of people use sex as a, as a bargaining chip or right. a bartering tool or something to use against other people. And they don't take every experience as something that is actually special and, you know, between the, the parties involved or maybe, you know will live onward if it's documented as in my cases right and shared and you know 
it helps people and helps make their sexual experiences more special or more comfortable or whatever. I have a lot of fans, mostly like women and even transsexuals who will write me and say, you know, I see what you do for a living. I see your attitudes about, you know, your career and sex in general and who you are, like your online persona. And it makes me feel more comfortable with my own sexuality. And that is priceless to me. That is amazing to me. I think it's important because I think that despite what people think about America and how uh, open-minded some people in America are, sex is still pretty loaded for a lot of people. It's weird. It is weird because I think if you have enough sex in your life, you realize like, yeah, you can have intimate, connected, you know, trusting sex, but you can actually also have dirty, filthy, expressive, fun, in-passing sex. And you can also, you know, it just doesn't have to be so loaded. And I think that the way they do it in here is they, you know, they constantly frighten people about a million diseases. They constantly say that it has to, you know, it, in the Christian community, you know, like you got to have kids or you shouldn't. It, it's Ugh. just crazy. I mean, please it, it, don't have any more kids for the love of God. <laughs> really? There's too many people on this planet for the world to keep spinning. And this, like, people are just like, we got to reduce our carbon footprint. I'm like, <laughs> yes. stop having fucking kids. Yeah. That's one way to fucking cut down on that real fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe one. I, I don't have any. It, do, I don't it doesn't either. look like it's going to happen. Yeah, you don't want any? Fuck kids, no. I never did, though, because my parents, like, they were never like, here's your baby doll. Pretend right, to be right. a mom when you're six years old. Like, shit like that. My parents are not into weirdo shit like that. What kind of parents did you have? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Florida. My parents, Florida freak yeah. show. Yeah, I know. That's the biggest fucking freak you know, show. No matter in the world. what, no matter what, I can just always like say, you know, I I was raised in Florida. And people are like, oh my god. Okay, that makes sense. I get it now. Because people are like, are you on drugs? Are you fucked up? Do yeah. you hate your dad? I'm like, no, I was just I was raised in Florida. Yeah. So yes and, like, and oh, yes I get and it. yes. No. I get it. <laughs> no. no, like my relationship with my parents is really awesome. They're cool people. Um, what kind of what kind of background did you have? What did the old man do? Um, my parents were both in the military. Mm-hmm. I was born in uh, Army Base, Fort, Gre- Fort Bragg in North Carolina. And um, they got out right after my brother was born. And Older, younger? Uh, my brother's younger. He's uh-huh. 27, and he lives in San Francisco. Nice place. Which is pretty awesome. Do you go up there? Yeah. I, I love it Yeah, there. I go all the time. I love it. So you had a fairly normal childhood as far as military childhoods go? Oh, yeah. In Florida. Yeah. It was, like, my parents are not hard asses or anything. They're just very, like... You should act like an adult if you want to be treated like one. I'm like, okay. And, and so, like, at, at a certain point, a couple years ago, I asked my mom, I was like, what was I like when I was a kid? And she was like, pretty much like you are now, but shorter. I was like, oh, they're pretty much the same. Which like, is what, hard, uh, strong-willed? Yeah, just kind of like, I'm going to kind of just do whatever I want. And- now, do a, lot of, do a lot of people think, like... um like, I've, I've actually heard people say when they watch porn, it's like, you know, what is your, I wonder what her family thinks of that. Now, like. It's the weirdest question ever to me. But it happens a lot, no? Well, it's not like I sit there and go, what do you think about what I do? But like, I mean, you... my parents' opinion of what I do is really unimportant to me. Nice. Because it's like, I've never, I've never looked at my parents for any sort of approval. Right. Because I've always been really on the level with them. Right. And so I'm just like, okay, well, I just want to tell you that I've, I'm going to apply to be on this website because I got into business because um, I wanted to be on fucking machines. What, oh, that is what they call the. It's a no, it's a fucking machine. It's a whole website. and They have tons of different. What's ones. the one that you sit on? The Sibian. That thing's insane. Yeah, it kind of makes you go numb after a while, though. It's right. a little bit too much. So you got into this. Like How it. old were you when you got in? Um, 24. And you wanted to get in specifically to fuck machines. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of different machines you can fuck. Yeah, because I saw it on HBO and I saw it on the um on the internet and I just thought that was like a very intriguing idea to to, f- to fuck a robot. And then yeah, I really well, I really didn't think like still to this day, I never think of like people seeing it. Like that never becomes a concern to me <laughs> at any point. Were you looking to get off or or just you thought it looked fun or I just thought it just looked so fun. It just it just looked so so fun and just like and you don't have to deal with the bullshit of another person. Yeah, and then you could just be like, "I had sex with a robot. What did you do?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so, like a little bit like a like a bad at like a little bit of a yeah. street cred. I'm thing. living in the future. Yeah, I'm fucking robots. I'm like, I've never been to Japan, but I have seen the future, and it's fucking robots. And how was fucking robots? It's awesome. I've done it tons of times, and it's. It's awesome because you don't get sweated on. There's no <laughs> you like no other guy smell. Yeah, you don't There's have to like mess. you don't have to like give sexy eyes to the robot or like try to do extra stuff <laughs> or like the, the watch robot, what you say to the robot. The robot's not very demanding. Yeah, it's just there to serve your. You needs. could roll your eyes at the robot and it doesn't get offended. Oh, does that <laughs> does that shit happen in on porn sets? Well, I mean, I work with a lot of younger girls, and sometimes it's really hard for me to control my facial. <laughs> muscles like uh, or orgasmically you mean well no well like when when you're on set and really young yeah girls are talking right oh you're like oh i have to God. bite my tongue sometimes because i'm just like what the fuck like what the fuck is wrong with you, <laughs> you like know? what are they saying usually um there was one girl that was like saying that she had lost her virginity on camera and she'd never had sex before and and i was like nobody nobody would ever do that yeah and then she was talking about how like she got a menorah a dildo menorah one year from her friends and i'm like i thought you just lost your virginity like you've you're like you've you're playing with dildos and stuff like people who do not have sex do not have dildos let alone dildo menorahs a menorah dildo. that's a fairly specific type of no one's ever given me one of those though maybe i'm just bitter and offended like (laughs) no one's ever given me a dildo menorah had i known i would have bought you a present i don't know if i've ever seen one is that like a that would be a nine dildo i i just don't assume i can't even imagine what a dildo menorah is i I imagine it's nine dicks yeah you you would need yeah you would need Right size ones for the holes or something. I think. Right, I, I, you'd probably need a pretty big menorah. It'd be huge. It'd be like this, <laughs> this, <laughs> you're getting into like a really high price point gift when you have to think about how big the dicks need to be to fit into uh, every so like little you, candle holder. Make note of that, guys. Next year, <laughs> if you want to buy your lady something nice and you're thinking a dildo menorah, I, huge. You know, I would definitely price the them. bigger the better. <laughs> I'm just going to suggest if you want her to be impressed. Make sure you get a big dildo menorah. And go so, for variety in the, yeah, in the different ones. You don't want them dicks. to be all the same. Yeah, different colors, different Black shapes. ones, some sure. with balls, some yeah. without. Maybe ones that don't even look like dicks. Yeah, alien dicks. Yeah, alien dicks. Yeah, That'd so go all out for the holidays is what we're saying here. That's the message Dana and I are trying to communicate. <laughs> um, so when did you have sex for the first time? Me? Yeah. Ugh. I was um, like 16 and a half and all my other friends had sex already. So I just went to a party and got real drunk and I just waited for somebody to like try to pick me up. And I was like, all right. Yeah. And then I did it. And then I was like, that was like, ugh, like, that was why, why do my friends like, why are they so into this? And you didn't know the guy. You just, a guy. no, I yeah. was just like, whatever. Let's get this done with. Yeah. And then I snuck out. I was like, fuck this guy. And I snuck out and then I never talked to him again. And I was like, okay, well, at least I'm not a virgin anymore. Yeah. Got that out you of know, the way. You know, I got it out of the way. Now, where are the robots? 
Yeah, seriously. <laughs> if I if I would have known about robot sex when I was 16, <laughs> I could have saved myself a lot of heartache and frustration. Now, been so, fucking robots. so you went from fucking robots to fucking people. Yes. And then lots of people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get, well, I have to just say this. A lot of people in general will say, well, you're a porn star, you'll fuck anybody. Or you have sex with a lot of people or whatever. Uh-huh. But they don't really realize the talent pool is pretty small. In terms of who, in t- who's in, in the game? Yeah, it's not like a worldwide fuck fest or whatever. It's right. like, I have, I work with the same people over and over and over. Same five guys, same 15 girls. No, yeah. same five guys, same 150 yeah, girls. Yeah, there's so many girls in the business right now, which is what Always. blows me away so much about um, being nominated for Female Performer of the Year. Also, Expos, uh, the Expos Awards, which is like the other biggest yeah. publication in adult came out with their nominations and I'm also nominated for Female Performer of the Year on the Biz Awards. This is yeah. your year. I know. And then today also, the Swedish website called the Orgasm... It's called Orgasmic.com and I'm nominated for Female Performer of the Year on their website too. Holy shit, the Swedes... So it's worldwide. <laughs> the Swedes are digging Dana and yes. they invented it. Black metal. They invented they porn and black metal. They love me. Now, okay, so let's get down to, to the nuts and bolts of things because I have some fairly naive questions I need to ask because I'm, I'm, I'm rarely in this position to ask them. Okay. Um... There's very little that you don't do sexually on screen, whether it's multiple people, anal, oral, you know, regular. Um, I love that it's regular. <laughs> Vaginal sex is referred to as regular yeah. or normal sex. <laughs> well, I, well, look, I, I, I didn't mean to put a, a moral judgment on it. I, I didn't know what else to call it. Okay, vaginal, anal, oral. Yeah. Now, when, now, how do you get, all right, first of the basic question, do you come? Yes. For I real. Think, yeah, there's a, there's a, like, your body is, it's like being an athlete and you practice and you practice and practice and then you have like a certain muscle memory almost. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're having sex, it's like your body sort of like, it's a machine that sort of takes over and you. Like riding can, a bike. Yeah, you can almost not come. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because right. your body becomes so good at Right. So you're not like, you're not like in sex mind, you're in work mind almost and you're in athlete's mind. Yeah, well, it's not. It's not even my mind. It's my body, right? You know. So if like, if it's just like if you know your body, you know. I know people like they can come from like being punched in the ass or something, or like for just really, yeah, just from um because you can you can come from um repetitive muscle tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which will like trigger your cervix to like flex. Yeah, it's really crazy, and so I've done it also by. Using electro pads, which is used for rehabbing people with muscular injuries and stuff like that. You, you love machines. Them, you can put them on your muscles and it will tense your muscles over and over and over until it gets to the point where it tenses all your muscles so hard that it will cause you to orgasm. Wow. And so, yeah, because I've done all this stuff over the last six years and the people, you know, I I think that I try to put across that it's really, it's very real. Yeah. You know? And well, so, yeah. Well, that's why I'm asking you. So and, you're basically- and so it's like... When you tell somebody, like, you can come from, like, doing whatever. Like, my thing right now is, like, squishing. I love to be squished. Like... And, like, an almost... Like, if I get squished... Like, and if someone like, lays on top of you? Yeah, or, like, or, sexy or whatever. It right. can make me come just from being squished. Wow, you're trigger happy. That's yeah. It, it, you can really train your body to do a lot of really crazy things. It, you know, because you can do... 
You can do a lot of things mentally, and you can do a lot of things. Do you offer this information on your website? I think no, you no. Should, when do you get into the uh, sexual self-help area? Oh, I don't know. I think that maybe it's something that I should probably like read more well, I, about I, I, myself. I just saw a picture of a, tra- a chapter heading: squishing. I know it's like it's all anecdotal though. So, but it like, can be very helpful if people could come on the stairmaster, and you could show them, yeah, how, or, or yeah. riding the stationary bike. I mean, it make the gym experience a little different for people around them. Yeah. Because usually you hear grunting, not like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dude, the grunting at the gym is too much for me. But not grunting. It's like, oh. <laughs> that bothers you? Yeah, that, that freaks me out a little bit. Oh, so. grunting at the gym you have a problem with. But I can only imagine that God knows what's going on in the set. Oh, yeah. The, the set is, I don't know. It's like being on a different planet. It is a different planet. So, yeah, you, that's when I'm in my work mode is when I'm on the set. All right, so let's say, let's take you through a scene. All right, people, the scene. People act like I, there's something wrong with me when I get on set because I'm really quiet. Yeah. And I'm just, like, I get... Getting into the zone? Yeah, I kind of go, like, into more of a meditative sort of state where I just, I try to be, like, really quiet. And yeah, just, yeah. You know, just focus on, you know, what, like, how to get everything done quickly and efficiently. But and, is it um, quick? Sometimes it looks like it goes on forever. I was on set for like eight hours yesterday because I got there really early and we got our makeup done and everything. And then we had to like wait for the director for like three hours. Right. And I was like, where's the director? And what was the scene? It was uh, for Brazzers. Uh, it's a Canadian website. They do yeah, a lot of, that. you know. Uh, My buddy big, hipped me to that one. Yeah. That's the, where the I saw your butt, work. Yeah. The big butts and the big boobs and they do like office stuff and. Do you have to? Put, do, you, do you ever do the ones where you wear the glasses? Sometimes I don't know why people don't put me in more glasses stuff because I do wear glasses normally. Oh, you think that's really be... cute in glasses? Too. You can, I think you're with between braces some, and glasses. Yeah, and... I've done some glasses stuff. So um, you're on set now. Let's say how do how do you you psych up for this? Like if you're let's say it's a three way, it's two guys and you, or uh-huh. let's say let's say it's two guys and two girls. What's the most you ever did? Eleven on two. Eleven. What were the what were the sexes? <laughs> The gender. 11, 11 guys and two girls. All right. So now you, I got to figure, like before that, you're like, oh, fuck. I've got to get ready for this. We're, this is going to go on for a while. There's a lot of orchestration that needs to happen. No, no, not at all. Um, I I mostly just concentrate on like looking good and feeling good. And then when the when the other talent starts to come onto the set, I'll, you know, I'll greet them or I'll make a little conversation with them or whatever. We kind of discuss like any do's or don'ts, uh-huh. and then just like what are those get right like? into it. Give me some do's or don'ts. For, um, We're about to do a scene, and I'm standing here. Uh, okay, you can pretty much do whatever you want to me, except for hit hit me in the eyes or ears. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty easy. <laughs> And don't make me vomit. <laughs> those are those are like lately. That's my short list. The vomiting thing from uh, gagging. Yeah, I I know my body really well. I've been doing this forever. But vomit vomit is so gross. I think vomit is disgusting. <laughs> grunting at the gym and vomiting, gross. Gross. Hell yeah, fur vomit and grunting. If you're wondering what makes uh, Dana Diarmond upset and grossed out, <laughs> it's fur vomit and grunting at the gym. <laughs> Anything else goes. No hitting in the eyes. Don't hit me in the eye. <laughs> For the ears. <laughs> so what about these guys? How much Viagra is there on the set? For reals. It's not even Viagra anymore. That's like the big, like, oh, no, no. It's um, Caverjet, where people inject their wiener with... Uh, Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's actually... It's uh, made... It was developed for people who are, like, paraplegics that have no feeling from the waist down, that cannot get 
hard-ons. Right. And so they inject it directly into their penis and it just makes it a boner. So they can't... And so there's p- perfectly able-bodied, like, 20-something boys, like, right. doing this to their body and it's really bad. And also, you know, have a, a blood-borne pathogen issue with, it, you know, putting a hole in your dick and, like, having unprotected... Right. Un- unprotected sex right afterwards. It's all a little bit sketchy. Well, I've learned a lot. I feel a lot better. You're very well adjusted. And I gotta be, Thanks. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. You're vocally, you're great. I mean, I've had performers, uh, <laughs> comedy performers in here over and over again, but your voice modulation and on the mic, <laughs> you're at the right distance from the mic. I mean, yes. literally, it's the first time that's happened. Thank you. Congratulations. Well, I, I would give you, know, you an award for that. I have a lot of like, Cock to mouth coordination. <laughs> so you know the distance. So I, you know, I, I have like a good sense of how far away I need to be from something. Uh, I know. I notice you tweet sometimes. You a little hypochondriac. Are you? Uh, hypochondri- yeah, yeah. I go to the doctor all the time. Is it STD thing? Do you worry about it? Um, no, oh, I, I worry about uh, cancer. Like the I was big think, ones. Yeah, I yeah I I was I'm like. Like, I want to go to the gynecologist and make sure I don't have cervical cancer right. or ovarian cysts. Like, uh, S- STDs, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well covered on because yeah. I, I've educated myself a lot, uh, you know, on all of that. And I get tested every, like, two and a half weeks, uh-huh. pretty much, for uh, HIV, chlamydia, and gonorrhea. And then syphilis isn't really around so right. much. Is it's, the other stuff pretty rampant, like uh, gonorrhea and chlamydia? Well, I think what people really need to read up on and really um, educate themselves about is HPV, the human papillomavirus. Because everyone has it. Because everybody has it, pretty much, and it can give women cervical cancer, and it's not the kind that will show up as warts on your outside. Right. It, you really have to go and get checked out. And there's um, Gardasil is a three-shot series vaccination that you can get to help prevent the four major strands that cause cervical cancer. And there's like a dozen, so, a lot of strands. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm just using this opportunity to put that out there. And then um, it's not just for girls. It's not just for people under a certain age. Everybody can get it. It's really important because you don't want to be having HPV and giving girls fucking vagina cancer that's right so and do it <laughs> i don't think guys can get tested for it though is there a test for guys i mean i was under the like i i i think you have to assume i i was i wasn't clear whether or not they had a test for well I, you can test for the well if you have like an outbreak of genital warts you can have like a swab you got confirmation done, there yeah whatever but uh i think you can do a blood test for antibodies of the virus right um but it's it's something that you know goes like a lot of viruses go in and out of remission, mm-hmm. so things like that can like clear up and right. But it's something that you'll have forever. Yeah, it's a gift. And it's something it's that a, you should keep in check. And for God's sake, just go and get those shots. And because cervical cancer kills so many women every year. Yeah, I'm gonna cry. It makes me feel like so sad. And it's something that can be, uh, you know, kept in check or prevented in some way. If people just really check you know, it out, yeah, just absolutely. did the, did the yeah, homework do the basic on it. stuff, and don't be ashamed to do it. I mean, yeah. that's the other issue that people have: is they're afraid of the results, and or they're ashamed that they think they have it, and they don't do anything about it, and it gets yeah, exactly. Yeah. And but outside of that, you don't you don't feel personally that you're fucked up mentally, and or you know, or you, no, you don't. no. I mean, I'm a little, I'm a neurotic. 
mm. a little bit, yeah. but it's because I've always been. Yeah. I've always been a little bit of a nervous Nelly mm-hmm. my entire life. <laughs> a little bit nervous all the time. <laughs> That's unbelievable. But it's because I, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself. You yeah. know, some people are just born like that. They want to be perfect or they, you know, they're driven to, you know, they, they set certain ideas in their mind and they're driven to accomplish things like I was um I was a figure skater when I was younger and I was put in a competitive environment when I was really young. Mm. And so it's something that like you know I've I've always been like something has always been driving me but it you know, it's also in a way really stressful but if you use that stress to be creative or industrious or right. whatever as opposed to just let it pummel you. <laughs> yeah, or you know a lot of people they're neurotic and then it breaks them and they're yeah. like they can't even yeah. do anything they can't have friends or hold relationships yeah. or have a job or anything yeah. and I, i've tried to take take what the, you know the hand that i was dealt and and try to do something focus that neurotic good. energy yeah. in a positive way see these are sometimes, more yeah. self-help tips it, it gets the best of me sometimes it does it's, squishing it's, and channeling your neurosis into healthy things yeah i think that's good advice. we got to put the book together I know. now all of a sudden i'm part of the business <laughs> i i can i can help you write it <laughs> Okay, I'll, it'll be ghostwritten by you. By Mark Marin. I'm gonna. I, I get to. I want to write the squishing chapter. <laughs> it's hot. Well, I'm I'll be honest with it. you. You've you've been like incredibly charming and and smart, and it Thanks. was very fun to talk to you. My guest has been Dana Diarmond, and she will win the AVN Award for Best uh, Female Performer of the Year. Thanks for talking. <laughs> Bye. Well, right now I'm with uh, with my therapist. Or he's my friend, but he's going to be my therapist. He's a therapist. He's a, almost a doctor. Steve Danziger, you're almost a doctor? I'm almost a doctor. Uh, what, what does that mean? You're going to be a, a PhD? Well, actually, I'll be a PsyD, doctor of psychology. Doctor of psychology. This is business. This means business. We're not fucking around here. I got problems, and they're relative to what we all just went through together. I, uh, I You weren't in the room, but right. uh, we just talked to a a porn star. And, um, you know, I talked about how, how porn has had an effect on me since I was very young, because I saw it when I was very young, mm-hmm. porn, and it changed the way I thought about sex. But, I mean, but that aside, let, let's start, because this is something you specialize in. Mm-hmm. You deal with people who have issues around addiction of all kinds. That's right. And, and other family problems. Mm-hmm. All right, so look, I've been masturbating fairly regularly since I was about 11. And by regular, I mean, like, I try not to miss a day. Mm-hmm. Am I fucked up? Well, you know, why don't we just look at it straight... Well, and go straight ahead since it's going to be a short session. Okay. Um, why don't we go straight to the definition or our definition of addiction. Okay. And see how it fits. All right. Compulsive, repetitive use of a substance or a behavior despite negative consequences. Would you say that it's compulsive? If you miss a day, do you start to uh, have... Withdrawal symptoms. Of Do I sort? Jones for my dick? Pretty much. That's what I'm asking. No, no, I don't. Okay. No. I, I, What's the longest you've ever gone? Do you think without uh, without masturbating? Your, without your daily? Yeah. Oh, a couple, probably a couple of weeks here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I tend to believe that it's it's stress. You know that like it's a built-in stress release um, uh, uh, device that we have that we've been God given. God mm-hmm. gave us these things if you believe in that kind of thing. Well, the the uh, the definition, the most important part of the definition is despite negative consequences. And so there's a lot of uh, different uh, variations on how people would define negative consequences for themselves. So looking back over your masturbation history, do you see any 
negative consequences for yourself? Well, I yeah. Sometimes if you masturbate and then you have regular sex later, mm-hmm. it's not it does, it's not you're not going to be in tip top shape. Okay. Uh, there's also the idea of my mom catching me or mm-hmm. being caught. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also you know you know I was fairly vigorous when I was younger, so there was the threat of perhaps calluses of sorts, mm-hmm. which is an, is a negative consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the idea of that, you know, maybe, you know, I am so, uh, into my, is it onanism? Would you call it that? Well, let's call it that for today. It's that's biblical, right? Bibli- yeah, let's get biblical on Biblical, it. yeah. Onanism that, that perhaps, uh, you know, I, I didn't, uh, engage as well as I could have with another person around. I think that's, for most people, that's the biggest negative consequence that happens is having a, lacking the ability to bring that arena into the, an arena with other people because you have to what if they don't do what you want them to do mm-hmm. and what if you have to think about what you think about or what you were watching earlier mm-hmm. in order to get where you need to go mm-hmm. that's a problem that's a negative mm-hmm. consequence sure it's a negative consequence i have a lot of people i work with who have that particular negative consequence especially the one where they get involved in an extreme when i say extreme i don't mean to the uh, fetishism or anything like that i mean just extreme in their fantasy world right that is you know delivered by uh porn or by you know other ways right and once they have that in their head there's no way they can make the adjustment to real life and real life does not always match you know it rarely matches that's why porn is available and does what it does Mm -hmm. because i would i would argue that some people would be like why can't you do what the lady did in the porn movie and and the woman would say well there were two other people there Mm mm-hmm all right, well, not that part. And the woman would say, because that's a little filthy and disgusting. I don't want to be talked to like that. Mm-hmm. And then the guy would be like, all right, so that's why I watch. Right. And then the negative consequence is how much longer does that relationship last? That would not last long at all. Right. That's the other negative consequence, getting caught by your significant other mm-hmm. when they go to check their email. How many times have you managed to not get happen? caught? No, to get caught. Well, you know, I have dealt with, uh, let's get, we'll move right into porn since mm-hmm. that is sort of the topic. I, okay. I mean, I've been with women, you know, my, my second wife certainly knew that I watched porn occasionally mm-hmm. and she enjoyed porn uh, in her own way occasionally, which is a rare thing, I think, mm-hmm. though I'm finding more women watch porn. Mm-hmm. Are you finding that? I'm, I've found that. Yes. It's in interesting. Isn't it? And otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That they're getting off on it too. Mm-hmm. But see, the ultimate, my, my conflict is that doesn't make it right. And I don't want to put a moral judgment on anything because I know that on some level, the, the availability and the, and the amount of porn that is out there, uh, is, is, and the way it is taken in is, is it can't be healthy for the culture, mm-hmm. let alone for the individual. Uh, I understand that. Uh, I don't, uh, I, I've declared this earlier. I don't download porn. I use porn that's there, not mm-hmm. for very long. Mm-hmm. I use it as a, as a tool. Mm-hmm. To get to the payoff. Mm-hmm. Do you think it, then I guess my question is, is it like crack? There's no such thing as a casual crack user. Well, I don't know if I would automatically go that direction, but I can say that because of the massive proliferation of porn on the internet, you have people who are becoming addicted to it who wouldn't have become addicted to it if it was just something that was more difficult to get. And so the, the, I guess if I'm going to speculate in your field, the, the negative repercussions are the inability to in, engage uh, intimately with another person, with a person, period. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because, you know, watching porn is very isolating. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I assume that there are guys that must say to you, dude, I don't get it, man. I mean, when I'm by myself, I get a 
great hard on. And then as soon as I'm with someone else, nothing. Mm-hmm. That, that, and it's by trade or my license is marriage and family therapy. And right. so our biggest goal is to be able to help people to have, you know, meaningful relationships with people. So this is a huge, you know, one of the biggest, um, uh, obstacles at this point. I mean, porn. If you, porn. If you think about, I mean, if you think about other, uh, addictions. Right. Um, you know, alcohol, drugs, they right. have their way of isolating the person and ruining the relationships and taking people out of their best selves so that when it's time for a relationship, they're either angry or they're doing this or they're doing that. With the porn, it's making a direct hit on just about all the levels of where a person is going to build relationships. Intimacy, you know, sexual intimacy is just one expression of intimacy. So you take that and you turn it into something like porn turns it into. It's doing the same thing to uh, emotional intimacy, a person's ability to get emotional intimacy, their ability to, um, it can even affect uh, the way people relate to friends, etc. Um, if you look at um, the 12-step programs that exist for this problem, the one that's probably the most popular is Sex and Love Addicts. Hold on, I'm writing this down. Yeah, write this down. I'm writing it down. Okay. Everybody write down Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. <laughs> right. Filthy, dirty talk in a room full of people trying not to be filthy, dirty people. And uh, actually, if someone were to talk too filthy, dirty, someone could raise their hand and say, you're triggering me and stop with the specifics. When they just whip it, it out and <laughs> <laughs> trigger, triggered. Right. Yeah. No, they just okay. yeah, raise right, their I'm hand. Not- so it's okay. So... um uh, in any case, the that's the most popular program. And so what has been discovered by people in that program is that uh, sex and love are very, very connected. You know, like that very few people come in. A lot of people come in saying, I'm a sex addict or I'm a love addict. And basically within six months to a year of their being in that program, they'll probably say, oh, yeah, I'm both. And because the, the sex addiction and, and porn is one of the major ways that it plays out, will have an impact on a person's ability to um, make a meaningful love connection as well. Emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Well, this all makes sense. And uh, and these are the negative repercussions of that. But I, it's still my argument holds is that if that is the case, you know, outside of, you know, I, I, I guess it really functions the same as, you know, alcohol mm-hmm. or cigarettes or anything else mm-hmm. is that, you know, these things are bad for you. Uh, and if you, if you do them too much, they're going to hurt you. Uh, it, but they are big business, mm. big business, because they're addicting and they're mind altering. Well, it's it's also really difficult with sex and love, uh, in the same way that people who have food problems. You know, it's the same. This, these are all parts. Plenty of, life. of food for everybody. More Al- food than you need. Alcohol and drugs, we don't need them, right? Food, food. Yes, we need sex. Sex and love. You know, sex you could live without it, possibly, probably, but yeah. intimacy, social connection probably wither yeah because you got all that filth in your head I, i'll share some terms that i invented with you okay uh there's something i call porn eye do you use that in your practice no i don't i i, I might be starting to but okay i'll explain what porn eye is mm-hmm. is that you know if you watch too much porn and then you do get out everyone in your head is still fucking so you know you look around and all you're seeing is you know you doing whatever to them or them doing it to each other like you, you're just locked in this Pornified state of mind. Mm-hmm. Porn eye. Okay. It's, uh, I've seen it in my practice. Yes. Yeah. You, you, I might like you to say that if you, if you, and let me know if you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, that what you're experiencing is something another professional uh, mm-hmm. has called porn eye. Mm-hmm. 
It, which is a, it's available to me because in the clinical world, for instance, the DSM, they don't have anything for sex addiction or love addiction or any of those kind of addictions. So it's an open book, right? You now gave me for, one that I love and I use in a joke, trauma bonding. Yes. I, I didn't invent that, but um, that's it's, a good one. It's a solid one. Trauma bonding is where it's at. Yeah. That's if how we it, get to know each other and love each other. If you're sick. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, courting and uh, taking the time necessary to get to know somebody and trust somebody. Mm-hmm. Why not just fuck? And then when you're done and she's crying, say, well, my dad's a manic depressive. And then she says, I know my mom was uh, had an eating disorder. And you're like, right. Okay, we good? We, we love each other. Yeah. Let's be together for six weeks or so. Six weeks? I can stretch that to seven years. Yeah. yeah. I can hold on. Good man. All right. So, so and also the, the other issue around porn is... Uh, the big issue is, uh, it used to be, you know, the feminist issue was objectification. Mm-hmm. But now when you have women who are, are more than willing to volunteer themselves to be objects without necessarily being pathological in any way that you know, one can put a moral judgment on, uh, they may be um, going against the sisterhood, but they do exist. Mm. And how does that play out? Let's broaden the discussion to culturally in terms of how men see women. Well, I think um, I might step outside the therapy perspective. I think you have to look a lot further back to find the place where it kind of the switch is flipped. And so, you know, culturally speaking, we've got decades, centuries, millennia of, um, I think, patriarchal society sure so um there's it's going to take a hell of a lot more than some of the uh revolutions that happened in the last you know 100 years let's say sexual revolution etc to put put us in a place where um we have complete you know equality so until that kind of thing can be shifted culturally then you're going to have plenty of people who are sort of walking and talking the language of what has been set up over the decades and the centuries and the millennia. I guess I'm trying... Yeah, I see what you mean. That, that does, it doesn't help anything, but it's been around a long time. Yeah. All right, so, okay, tell me this then. Like, I've always... Like, I never looked at porn stars or even the one that was just here as as an object. I look at them as as women that are, are wide open in a lot of ways and a little, you know, like, they're, they're, maybe they're damaged, maybe they aren't. It's I'm not going to even make that call. Right. But what's wrong with me? And when I was when when I like somehow or another in my head, you know, she's sort of a prize hmm. in some bizarre way that like I thought like even though she makes her living having sex with with many men and many women and and does almost everything, there was part of me that was thinking you know in 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 I'm assuming a fairly sick way that like but I I could I bet you she could really like me. Mm. Like that, I could connect with her emotionally. Yeah, there's there's that, the L and the SLAA right there. That's it. That's it. Okay. That's it. They they get connected in that way, and that way doesn't. I mean, if you think back over your own history and the history uh-huh. of a lot of the people, perhaps that you know uh-huh. uh, in your life, you know uh-huh. that it's doesn't really result in in long term bonding. But so you're saying that I'm you know I've created a sort of mythological mm. situation in my head mm-hmm. and in, in an incredible challenge emotionally absolutely uh, one that really i'm not even capable of or anybody may be you've, you've projected this huge um, uh, amazing sexual fantasy uh-huh. onto your love life right it doesn't there's no there's no real not to mention there. the idea of like you know okay so we're dating and she loves me are you going to work 
well, what are you doing today? Oh, uh, six guys and two women? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going to be tired later. Do you want me to make something for dinner? How is that ever going to fucking happen in a real world? Well, you know what? It does happen. I'm sure you, you've met along the way people who do make that happen. But the question is, in the end, what what negative consequences, if any, are happening because of that and dynamic? Why, why would you necessarily want that? And what I, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's a bigger issue. Why can't I just you know find a nice lady with a you know has got a nice life and I, you know I I have met those people and and I've mm-hmm. had them in my life. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't really want to ha- have mm-hmm. a relationship with Dana, you know. But but why did the thought cross my mind? Did we get to the bottom of it? I don't know if we got to the bottom of it, but I think what uh, what I can say is that you are definitely from what you've described to me uh, on microphone and off, you're struggling with your uh the 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 um fight between however many years it is of over 30 years of yeah. daily masturbating to porn well, I mean, you know regular let's say regular regular yeah I almost daily with only a two-week break as your max yeah i'm sort of doing a little intake here i tried to do longer yeah go ahead yeah right. okay so yeah yeah All so right. so that is been your primary when all said and done that's your been your primary expression and experience of sex hmm Right? I'm trying to counter that now. I know. I see it in your eyes, but I don't see your <laughs> mouth moving. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get into the real world with it all. Mm-hmm. I, I function pretty well there, too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 but in terms of emotions and intimacy and trust and all that stuff, I mean, mm. that seems to get, you know, lost along the way a bit. And, and I, I, you know, personally, yeah. from my, exper- my experience, my experience with uh, clients, and some of the studies that I'm doing, um, that's kind of the bottom line, is that there is a definite impact of isolated sexual experience on a repetitive, compulsive basis, where the negative consequences might, you know, it's like with an alcoholic, right? An alcoholic yeah. can go for years, and then finally they get a DUI, and they go, oh my God, I must have a problem, and right. they maybe do something about it. With this, With the porn... If the negative consequence isn't explosive enough or, you know, look, you know, enough like a life-changing thing, sitting at home it's alone, just going to keep going on. Right. At, sitting at home alone for three to four hour stretches, masturbating to porn is not enough. Generally. Right. Something more cathartic has to happen. Well, for some people it is enough. I have had people come into my practice or be asked to be referred to a rehab based on, you know what, I'm losing three to four hours a day. But more often than not, it's my wife left me or something along those lines. What do they do at the rehab? Tie their hands behind their back? Well, that's a, uh, you know. Are there just people rubbing themselves on pillows and beds in those rooms? I just, that image was just a little too much for me, Mark. <laughs> uh, at a very poorly run sex rehab, that would be what it looked like. Tie them up. They're on their own. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that we've resolved some issues, and I, and I hope that you'll come on again to, uh, to resolve other issues. I'd be glad to. It's a process, Mark, and I'm here for you. Well, thank you. That's uh, almost Dr. Steve Danziger. And uh, if any of you have uh, issues around this, because I'd be honest with you, Steve, I've been getting um, a lot of email from people who have substance abuse issues Mm because I talk openly about that. I've reached out to many people uh, the way I've learned and and can around these issues. And now, you know, with your help, uh, if people want to... uh, to share their, their issues with that. Maybe the next time we have Steve on, we can actually address some, uh, some actual problems. And you can do that anonymously at WTFpod.com. I'd be glad to help and, um, look forward to it. Thank you. 
Okay, folks, there's your porn-related episode of WTF. Thank you for listening. Uh, please go to WTFPod.com and uh, you know follow us on Twitter. Send me an email. Get some JustCoffee.coop coffee. Uh, get an Audible podcast. Get some merchandise. Do what you got to do. Get on the mailing list, for God's sakes. And please also go to PunchlineMagazine.com for everything you need to know about comedy on all levels punchlinemagazine.com I would also like to add that this will be the last episode of WTF for the year of 2009 we are taking one day off I hope that doesn't bother you but we will be back at the first of the year uh, or next Monday however you're uh, looking at it and I certainly appreciate you all listening and please have a happy and safe new year <laughs>